Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. Today, we're going to be looking at some Spider-Man appearances in uh, the Avengers comic from 1983, I believe this is. That's right. And... Um... Spidey eventually did become a regular Avenger in the 2000s, I think, when written by Brian Michael Bendis. But there was a good chunk of time for, you know, 40 years when it was understood mm -hmm. that he just worked better on his own and was never an Avenger, was never part of any team. I personally prefer him that way. I'm, like, I'm not sure about you, Josh. Do you have a preference? Uh, yeah, I kind of like him on his own. I think that it's, it is definitely fun to see him team up with other people um, and other heroes, but... Um, right. I think it always works best when they're kind of thrown together and kind right. of forced to work together on a mission and then they go their own way again. Um, when he's part of a team, it's fun, but I feel like it mutes him a little bit because you really have to share uh, the, you know, the pre like <clears throat> the, the story with a whole cast of characters. And I think he's such a strong character um, that it kind of muddies it a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's also interesting because we'll, we'll talk more about this later, but um, this is it, written by the regular scribe of Amazing Spider-Man, Roger Stern, but I did find Spider-Man's characterization really different mm -hmm. to the point that I think that Roger Stern might have been overcompensating with trying to make him not fit so that he could justify him not joining the Avengers, but we'll, we can talk more about that later. Sure, yeah. So let's just, I mean, there's three issues here. We'll just briefly, do you want to go issue by issue? Or do you want to do the whole run? Um, we Let's do. Let's try to do the whole run and, and talk about it as a whole, because I feel like it really fits together okay. in the story. Or at least at least we could talk about the first issue and then maybe the second and third together. Right, right. Yeah, because the first issue is a little bit separate. So, yeah. um, so in the first issue, we're kind of picking up on the ongoing Avengers storyline in which the Vision has been kind of, you know, he's Vision is an android, so he's kind of knocked unconscious, and Scarlet Witch is worried about him. And uh, the Avengers are kind of, um, they've got this new member, Star Fox, a.k.a. Eros, who's actually Thanos's brother. Right. Um, She-Hulk is a recent addition, and they're kind of, um, you know, juggling back and forth between the different members and what they're all doing. Um, in the middle of all this, there is a, um, a character named, uh, what's his name? The wizard who's kind of plotting wizard, and scheming. Yeah. yeah. And in the midst of all this, She-Hulk runs into Spider-Man on the street and casually mentions that, um, she makes a thousand dollars a week mm -hmm. from being a member of the Avengers. And then Spidey's like, wait a minute, I rejected membership and you guys make a thousand dollars a week, which by the way, that reminded me there was an appearance by Peter Parker in the eighties, which we missed. I don't know how I missed it, but in Avengers number two twenty one, So we might have to go back and redo do that oh, one yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so basically this issue, you know, they kind of fight the wizard and Captain America outsmarts them. And that's pretty much a typical story, but you know, it's decent. And yeah. then, um, I, you know, again, the one thing I want to point out is I really like the characterization of the Wasp because Roger Stern was building up the Wasp in this story, in this ongoing story, as being a really strong leader. Obviously, mm -hmm. she was probably, I think, the first female leader of the Avengers. And she's also standing in the shadow of Captain America, who sometimes comes into conflict with, conflict with her. But in this story, 
you know, he kind of, um, Roger Stern kind of hits you over the head with it. But in the very last panel, um, we, we kind of find out how earlier in the story, the Wasp had sent Scarlet Witch on this mission, which she didn't want to do. She wanted to stay and watch the Vision. But instead, Wasp sent uh, Scarlet Witch on the mission and made Captain Marvel, Monica Rambo, stay and watch the Vision. Mm-hmm. And, the Vis- and Scarlet Witch is like, huh, I thought the Wasp was silly for sending me on that mission but in a way it was something i needed to think the others or sorry it was something that i needed i think the others needed it too and the captain marvel says then that's why she sent you wanda because she knew what you needed and that's why she leads the avengers right so i thought that was really cool um do you want to talk about the characterization of the avengers before we jump into the next issue sure yeah um i feel like it felt pretty normal. Like Cap mm-hmm. felt like a leader. I think that they did a really great job of making um, uh, Janet uh, more of a leader role in this. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen, I've read some issues of Avengers where she's the the leader, and then somewhere she's kind of she kind of feels more like a sidekick to Ant Man, which really sucks. Right, because she right. is such a strong character. Um, but I really liked her in this issue as well. Um, I, I have to say though, I think my favorite character, um, in all three would be She-Hulk. Um, okay. Yeah. She's, she's really fun. And, and I, I love her in her comics as well. And it's, it's sure. always really fun to see her cause she's kind of mm. this like no BS tough guy. Like she's got this like, you know, bullheaded attitude. And I, I just really love her characterization and and i feel like she's the most consistent throughout all three as well right 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 well you know i i've actually read quite a few other avengers comics not a lot but you know issues by roy thomas issues by steve engelhart Mm -hmm. and i've recently read some issues written by jim shooter and david michelini but i gotta say as i always suspected i think roger stern he might be the best avengers writer um, at least for the way that he's able to juggle the different members right. and to give them all something to do and to make each of them unique and to, you know, and, and he's so good at following around the different characters to their different subplots. I think that's the one yeah. thing I noticed even when I was a kid. And I like the way that he, it's like Captain America's relationship with Wasp is different from Captain America's relationship with Star Fox. And, you know, the way that, she-Hulk plays off Spider-Man is different mm-hmm. from the way whoever plays off Spider-Man. So he's just really good at that. And that's the right. one thing I really noticed in this issue. Yeah, um, I, and I think Star Fox is the character I'm uh, least familiar with. Right. And uh, I, I know that I've read uh, other comics with him, but I couldn't tell you one thing about him. Uh, and I think that after reading this, I kind of get an idea of who he is. Sure. Um, he's kind of this like, space wizard ladies man who right. has kind of just been thrown into being an avenger and he's like a, a trainee on the avengers and, and it seems like a really fun story um we do, he doesn't he doesn't uh he hasn't revealed all of his powers to the avengers yet and he's a little scared to kind of reveal who he really is to them and in, in fear that they will kind of kick him off the team mm-hmm. um, that we find out. But yeah, I, I think just in these three mm-hmm. issues, I really know what this character is and, and what his personality is. Um, and comparing that to comparing this to the defenders, um, which we have read a bunch of uh, already for the podcast. 
like I couldn't tell you one thing about Gargoyle. Um, the right, only reason right. I know anything about Gargoyle is that one Marvel team up, uh, yeah, Marvel team up issue with Spider Man. Uh, that was a really good issue. I couldn't tell you anything about any of the other characters really that I'm not already familiar with. Right. Like they right, they right. they don't they don't actually spend enough time with them to for you to get to know them. And in this this story, uh, all three issues, you really get a chance um, to kind of know what each character is about and they all have their like time to shine right. um the the wasp again only has like a couple of lines here and there but you still get a little bit of an arc with her like she mm -hmm. she gives scarlet witch a command she sticks to her guns even though scarlet witch is kind of like oh, i don't really want to do this mm -hmm. she's you know thorough and then uh by the end it turns out that she's right and it you don't have to have her there for to get more characterization of the wasp like right you know you know by following scarlet witch's story and uh captain marvel's story and you you still get more of each character as the story story goes on because they're all like so well tied together good point um, is it a great story like i don't think it's fantastic Right. But I think that I think that it's brilliant how all of the characters feel like they actually belong together, and this is a real team. Good point. So I I really enjoyed the first issue. I think it was my favorite of the three. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's issue two thirty five, and mm -hmm. we're gonna talk more about it. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's talk briefly about the art. Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah, no, sure. No, no, let's talk about yeah, because Spider Man is barely in this issue, only for a couple panels. We'll talk more about I, him later. Yeah, oh. I will say though, real quick about Spider Man, I think that it's really great that he's introduced in this issue very briefly. I, right. I he doesn't overstay his welcome. It feels kind of like a little cameo that uh, that he's here, and it's opening up for the story next issue, and it doesn't feel out of place. Like Spider Man and She Hulk know each other, and it feels like they're just bumping into each other in the street, and then it kind of like 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 makes it lets you coast right into the next story seamlessly good point yeah so uh, I, I really I, did enjoy that right roger stern once again a master of setting up plots and subplots and foreshadowing mm -hmm. right yeah um let's talk about the art briefly so this art yeah. is by bob budiansky who we at the comic book syndicate know and love because he is the creator of all the Transformers names and character bios from the 80s, right. or most of them. And he was also the guest at our comic convention, Action, a few years ago. And oh, awesome. Yeah, um, not only was he an editor and a writer, but he was also an artist. And um, I thought the art was, I mean, it's not flashy, but I definitely thought it was good, and I've always thought he's a good artist. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think of the art here? Yeah, it feels good. It, you know... It feels like Avengers art. I, I know it. <laughs> I know it's an Avengers comic, but right. it it seemed really familiar. I don't know. I I couldn't put my finger on exactly what it reminded me of, but it really felt like it suited this story. Um, I think that the characters are consistent throughout. Um, if they didn't have their costumes on, I feel like I would still know who each character was. Um, sure, and that's saying a lot, considering. Um, in the 80s, a lot of the times, all female superheroes were drawn the exact same. Right, and right, I, I right. Can, I really feel like I can look at Hope and uh, Wanda and know and, and can tell the difference between the two characters. And they're both, like, white, brown-haired women. And normally mm -hmm. they would be drawn the exact same. So I, I think that 
um for that alone I, i'd say that this is the art is super successful in this in this comic again it's not i, I don't think it's like fantastic like bl mind-blowing art right. but i i didn't pull me out and and it really kind of uh uh did its job of uh showing who each character was so yeah and, i like the art yeah and one thing i want to point out is one reason you might have you said it seemed familiar or it seemed like avengers art is because it was inked by joe sinnett who is jack kirby's probably his, uh, most, his most popular collaborator he inked jack kirby all through the 60s on fantastic four he didn't really do the avengers but it definitely gives it that classic marvel feel mm -hmm. yeah so for that sure. could be part of it yeah so yeah definitely i'm a big fan of this art so we're gonna jump mm -hmm. to issue 236 now yeah and we got spidey on the cover here spider-man and avenger oh by the way i want to point out i know that the the, the older avengers logo is the one that they used for the movies and it's kind of like the go-to logo i always was a big fan of this avengers logo what do you think of it yeah it, it's kind of nice and fresh it feels more like a futuristic yeah i i never really got the like i never really got the arrows no like, one what, does yeah what is the yeah. point of that you're right yeah like i i don't think i've ever really thought about it too much but like i don't yeah, I'm not sure what the the whole arrow like theme is throughout the, right, right. the logos because it's either in the A or in the G. I think that there's a logo or something like. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, a, a, in the yeah. G. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in 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 uh, two thirty five, it's not in the A. It's in the G. Really? Huh? Yeah, it's got this like weird hook. Yeah, um, I mean it's fine, but I always yeah. just. I mean, I was exposed to this logo and the one after it when I was a kid, so I kind of just always thought these were the better logos, and then mm -hmm. they ended up using the other one for the movies, but whatever, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta, I think this one is a different artist, yes, Al Milgram on art, yikes, right. uh, Al Milgram from Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, before we mm -hmm. even get to the story, what do you think of the art in this one? Um, it definitely feels more rushed. Um, it's mm. less, um, the, the, uh, proportions are a little bit off sometimes. And, right. and like there's one, there's one panel where all of the characters are running together. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but it doesn't look like they're running. Like it looks like they're posing in a running like if you ask somebody to pose like they were running, it, right. it was like, you know what I mean? Like it just yep. felt very like posed and not very solid. You can't, you couldn't really feel the volume on it as, as much as the last one. Sure. Um, not that I, not that I hated it, but it, it just, I think after reading the previous issue, uh, this one was not as strong. Sure. Now, yeah. Do you want to swap quickly and do you want to quickly summarize the plot for this one? Yeah, I'll kind of combine the two, I think. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, there you go. So, uh, I love the intro. This is definitely my favorite intro of uh, of the three. Like, this is the most fun, I think, sure. uh, I had reading it. Uh, we kind of uh, check in on the Avengers, see what they're up to. Scarlet Witch is typing away on the computer. Cap is looking at Vision, kind of sad that he can't revive him. Uh, uh, Star Fox is there talking with Wasp about the stars. She Hulk's having a bath, and Jarvis is, you know, bringing her a coffee that you know she's ordered. And she, the alarm goes off that there's an intruder. She jumps out of the tub. She 
puts a towel on. They run. They all run together to the door. And who's there but Spider-Man? <laughs> well, it's about time <laughs> yeah. you people showed up. I was beginning to think I'd have to hang around here all day before someone uh, thought it. to look for me. Love it. Uh, uh, you know, the answer should be obvious, folks. I've come to join up. I want to be an Avenger. Take me. I'm yours. I love it. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is like built himself like a web hammock that he's like you know lounging on it's 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 so fun um it's almost like something bugs bunny would do yeah you know? yeah yeah kind of and yep. and i think that um i think going off uh, on a tangent here when we were talking when you had mentioned earlier about spider-man not working as well in an ensemble i feel like when he is working with other people, they amp up his like teenage goofy side. Right. Um, and he's like less of a detective. He's less of like thinking things through. He kind of just jumps in and does it. Like he becomes almost like the hothead of the group. Um, right. And you see that a little bit more here and it's definitely tied into the story that he just kind of jumps in and does whatever. Because uh, you'll see he, he asks to be an Avenger and they kind of kick him out and say, sorry, we don't have room on the team for you. Um, and we got to go anyways because we have an emergency mission. So the Avengers all hop into a plane uh, and uh, Spider-Man webs himself to the, to the Quinjet as it's flying off. And uh, I think She-Hulk makes a comment about how hmm, something seemed off, but we're, we're okay. Yeah, now. yeah, very detailed. <laughs> like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they land at Project Pegasus where uh, they have to go uh, answer a distress beacon and Spider-Man uh, reveals himself. And uh, Cap kind of convinces them like, okay, we'll bring Spider-Man along. We'll see if he kind of has what it takes to join the team. Um, and it turns out that... Um, the distress beacon was because uh, lava men were attacking the Institute. Right. And um, so it turns out that um, Project Pegasus, the underground uh, uh, like building, I guess, or like labs uh, were built too close to the lava men's territory and they were seeping the lava for energy to power this plant. Um, so it was kind of all just a misunderstanding. Cap talks it through with them. Um, and there's this weird subplot that I just don't understand about Captain Marvel and Wasp staying behind and not coming right away. And Scarlet Witch as well, sorry. Yeah, it's so I, weird. Like, I, think, I don't understand why. I think Wasp specifies that in case they need... Uh, backup or something? Yeah, she gives like a reason. Right. I don't but know if it's a it good reason. It doesn't make sense. No, like, I know. But like, we'll stay behind in case you need backup. They get there. They're like, "There's lava men everywhere. We need ba we need backup. Come quick!" And I then know. they show up. And and I think it was because Captain Marvel. We learn uh, when she shows up, her power disrupts some sort of cage that is locking up or that has um um blackout locked up and he is able to escape but he but like it doesn't he runs away and he does his own thing it's not like he fights the avengers then and there he's uh -huh. in a completely different level of this facility so whether she showed up right away or like after it didn't matter when he escaped so like 
I like I I think that them staying behind didn't matter. They could have right. he could have escaped when they when they all immediately got there and still done his thing and and you know started planning his escape. Like it just didn't make sense that they came later and they really kind of like pointed that out. Like stay behind. We'll call if you need if we need backup. Anyways, weird subplot. Uh, no, Cap- I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, Cap talks to the Lava Men. They go back to their home, um, and uh, Blacko uh, sees Moonstone locked up in a cage. He frees her, and they come up with a plan together to free two other villains, Rhino and Electro, so that way they can level pro- the Project Pegasus facility once and for all, and then escape. Um, we kind of roll into the third issue with this story. Right. Um, the three of them kind of have a, a conflict within their kind of like new team that they've created. And then everything's kind of sorted out by the end of it. Um, the Avengers uh, take, Oh, they, they meet up with O'Brien. <laughs> right. I can't, remember, I can't Gar- remember his superhero name. The guardsman. The guardsman. Right. Right. They team up with O'Brien, who's who who works there, and uh, he, I think he was incapacitated by the Lava Men, and he's like, "Come on, try my new, try my new tube elevator." So they all go into this tube elevator, and yeah. it's pretty much like it's pretty much like the bubble tube from Willy Wonka, right? Where they all go in this tube and they start floating up, and then after they're halfway, Spider Man says. Hey, O'Brien, your tube's real impressive, but it looks to be at least 20 stories tall. What happens if the power goes out? And just as Spider-Man, Spider-Man says that, of course, the power cuts out and they all fall. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man saves them before the people who can't fly hit the ground. And that's when the supervillains start revealing themselves. So they've kind of teamed up to stop them. Um, it's They don't really have much of a plan, it seems like. Rhino just starts coming out and and destroying things and throwing avengers around uh electro and blackout are you know electro's kind of like boosted with this backpack that's making his electricity even stronger blackout's using his like crystal light energy to like freeze people and we don't really see much of moonstone and then it turns out that moonstone had run away to go to the controls to set the place to blow up and used the other three as an as a distraction and then slips away. So the Avengers have to find a way to stop this machine from blowing up uh, and they they can't catch the bad guys because they have to, you know, save their own lives right. and everybody else in this facility. They end up, uh, Captain Marvel ends up turning herself into her energy form and going into the computer and with Spider-Man's help, the two of them uh, figure out a way to stop uh, the explosion from happening. And uh, that's where the story pretty much ends. We kind of get a little bit of an epilogue where Spider-Man is in the mansion getting ready to join the Avengers. They call uh, their government agency that's in charge of the Avengers to uh, request that Spider-Man join the team and he says, Spider-Man are you out of your minds? We have a file on him that's a yard long mm-hmm. and pretty much says he's too much of, of a risk. We can't have him on the Avengers and he swings off uh, out of Avengers facility and that's where the uh, story ends. 
Right, right. So, yeah, I, I have... Uh, here's the thing. Obviously, we're comparing this to Roger Stern's run on Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And my first impression so far is that while I do really like this, I do think that he's more at home on Spider-Man. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think... Uh, it, it's weird. I, I think that his... I really like his version of the Avengers. I think that everything that everything that has to do with the Avengers is written really well. The stuff with Spider-Man again feels a little bit out of place because it feels like they're right. ramping up that like goofy kid aspect right. of him, and he feels like a child next to the Avengers. And yes, he he is a he is like uh, I guess he's not a teenager anymore since he's in college. He's probably like what like 20 maybe something like that i mean he could yeah. be 17 18 you i mean in the states you graduate when you're 17 right even here you do from high school you could yeah 17 18 yeah, yeah so i so, so i guess yeah technically he could be like 18 19 still right um but yeah i don't know they just really amped that up and it feels like almost like the not the same character or almost like right. almost like a caricature of spider-man yes and that's what's ironic is it's the same writer yeah you know that's mm. what i was kind of the most shocked by is that he's not even acting like spider-man um yeah so i guess the only question is is that is it roger stern overcompensating to try and again give a good reason that he doesn't fit with the team or is it peter parker acting is it you know what I mean? Like or 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 is it just right. or is it just this is how Peter Parker acts when he's with other people as opposed to how he acts when he's trying to solve crimes on his own? It's almost like is this like a show he puts on? Right. Or I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, maybe maybe it's him just acting acting up because I guess it's kind of like his inner dialogue uh, uh, realized, right? Because normally he's just talking to himself, and when he, when he makes quips, it's to himself. Right. But now that he has somebody to bounce them off of, they're kind of his jokes are falling flat. Right, maybe, right. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it seems like this doesn't feel like Peter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's also weird too because it's not the Avengers at the end of the day that decide if he fits or not. Um, they they actually want him on the team by the end of it. Right, and then it turns out that you know, he's too much of a risk and, and the government won't uh, allow him to do it. So if that were the case, why wouldn't he just show up and be regular Spider-Man? The Avengers can be kind of like, oh, I don't know if you're going to be right for the team. And then he proves himself and then later gets rejected anyways. Like, I don't know, him being childish wasn't, wasn't a factor in him joining or not at the end of the day. So good point. Yep feels like maybe it's it was just kind of there i i, I don't know I, i'm really not sure why it's not and it's not that it was awful either no like, it was I, just i didn't hate spider-man in this issue or anything no. but it just felt a little off absolutely yeah mm -hmm. especially since we've been reading roger stern spider-man right. for 50 weeks in a row right like we know roger stern spider-man so yeah but uh, I just, so yeah, I agree with that. Let's talk about some other things. I really like, like one of my favorite things about the whole story was, okay, first of all, I want to point out of all the people they could get to team up, Blackout, it's Blackout, right? Yeah. yeah, Blackout. Blackout and Electro have two almost exactly the same mass designs. Like 
you could not find two more similar supervillains. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny <laughs> that they just, you know, pick those two to team up. And there's a great scene where, <laughs> here it is, Blackout is talking about his superpowers. And he's like, he's, he's uh, using his powers on the rhino. And he's like, encasing you in my solid black light is too lenient a punishment. You should be made to go through the torture I endured to have your body twisted with the powers of the black star to be merged with the light spectrum. Then you'd know. And then Electro leans over to Moonstone. He's like, solid light, black star power. What is he talking about? Anyone who's had even a grade school science education knows that he's spouting gibberish. Black light is just ultraviolet. I think that's so funny. Because <laughs> it's, so it's like, great. It's yeah. pro- I don't know who wrote Black Star's origin, but it's basically Roger Stern dissing whoever that guy was, you know? Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I, think, I think I love that too because at first we think that Blackout is going to be the leader of this kind of like anti-avengers going that, that's being formed because he's the one that breaks out at first he he uh lets moonstone out and then rhino and electro and right. then um as the story goes we kind of realize that moonstone is the one with the major plan at the end of the day because she runs off and lets the other three get beat up by the avengers as she sets the place to blow and then runs out the back door right right so uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of fun uh, that it was a little bit of a switch mm-hmm. and we think he's going to be like the mastermind b- behind the thing and then uh, yeah, Electro and Moonstone are both like what the <laughs> hell is this guy even talking about? Let's just let's just do our thing and get the hell out of here. <laughs> I think it's great. Oh, by the way, yeah. I was getting his name wrong. It's Blackout. Yeah, Blackout. I was calling him Blackstar anyway. Oh. Did you call him Blackout? Yeah. Oh, while I you were calling... Huh? I think you even said, is his name Blackout? And I said, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We must have just mixed it. Mixed no, yeah, in my yeah. brain, I heard Blackout, but I just double-checked it's Black... Whatever, it doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just got to point out, because I was looking him up, he was created by Marv Wolfman uh, and Carmine Infantino and Tom Palmer for Nova. So I don't know if he's necessarily dissing Marv Wolfman, but I know that the Nova comic was created as kind of a more innocent kind of whimsical return to right. like 60s marvel so maybe that's why blackout was ta- maybe that's the way blackout talked when he was in the Possibly. nova i'm not sure yeah but anyway i thought that was kind of funny mm-hmm. uh so yeah and again we've got four different characters four distinct personalities their motivations are logical so you know i enjoyed mm-hmm. that i enjoy the fact that you know the lava men it's like no it's not just let's just beat the crap out of these guys no it's a misunderstanding you know Mm -hmm. we're actually above their their dwelling and you know let's explain all this and resolve it so there's definitely again i don't it's like you said this isn't a masterpiece but there's definitely things in this that you wouldn't see in a typical superhero comic right yeah more thought put into it i think so yeah and yeah Um, so go ahead i I was gonna say there there was there were a few lines that stuck out as kind of goofy to me but like i don't know they didn't feel they didn't also necessarily feel out of place um but it just was it it just made they made me laugh sure uh it's when the lava men are first introduced uh spider-man says uh yeah cap it says something like i know what it is i've been attacked by the lava men before and spider spider-man goes lava man you've got to be kidding me cap 
Lava men? I don't believe in lava men. And Cap looks at him and, like while waving his finger. Belay that, mister. You've been up I've been up against lava men, and they're nothing to joke yeah, about. I, that was you better awesome. thank your stars that they left. <laughs> like it's goop it's goofy, but like I don't know, playful. Like it it feels right for Cap to say it. Somebody sure, who sure. had been like frozen for a while and then, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's a little bit old school in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. Know, it, it was definitely a fun interaction. You can tell that um, there's a bit of an age difference there, and I sure. think that like this is something that Spider-Man would say. I think uh, whether he was with the Avengers or not, like he'd be like Lava Man. Are you kidding me? Like what's right. next kind of thing, right? So having Cap come in and say like, like you know. <laughs> Well, respect the lava man like you haven't yeah dealt with them before. it's definitely funny because you're right like um you, you, we've seen him laugh at like i think he was laughing at leapfrog and in an right, upcoming really. he laughed at the ringer remember how how we didn't take the ringer seriously yeah and then there's another issue where he's boomerang not, too I think. right right so this is yeah. definitely in character for spider-man and i could even though i'm not a huge fan of tom holland i could totally see tom holland acting like this like just not Oh yeah, grasping the gravity of the situation, but Captain America kind of schooling him a little bit. So yeah, that was great. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of just skipping around the issue. I also love the way that we jump around to the different subplots. Like we see Monica Rambo. What is she at a bank? I think. Uh, or, oh, savings and loan. She's just. I just love this right. little five panel, six panel sequence. It's mm -hmm. just uh, you know, just little things like that. It makes it feel like the Avengers are real people. They're not just yeah. um, plugged into the plot, you know? So I really like that. Like, again... It's I, very cinematic, too, I think, right. how they kind of bounce back and forth. Yes. Like, you're seeing the action unfold simultaneously. Yeah, um, right, right. I also really love that there there are no flashbacks. We There's so many times where they have to flash back to, you know, Blackout saying curse the avengers they right put me in here before and like have like a half page of him talking about how he's put in project pegasus right right and he's been there forever like we get it uh he's he says that he's been locked in there for a while and he's finally escaped that's all i need i i didn't need all this extra information sure to learn out learn who blackout was and his you know history with with this facility they can just kind of run with it but you know, I gotta be fair. There is a flashback, and that's when O'Brien, aka Guardsman, is explaining to the Avengers what happened with the uh, Lava Men. So that technically right. is a flashback, and we get the classic shot of the floating head in the panel. So we know that he's, you know, describing what's going on. I thought that was cool. Right. But still, for the most part, there's definitely like it's not like a lot of those J.M. Demetrius comics where as soon as you hit the the flashback, you just skip three pages. You're like, I don't right. need to read this, right. right? Yeah. So, okay, with Guardian, I what was the point of having him in this story? I guess they had to because he's part of Project Pegasus. Yeah, he's, like, he's the replacement. How are we going to plug him in? He's the replacement yeah, he, for Quasar. For Quasar, so yeah. They, they, they got to have a go-to guy to explain to them what's going on. I guess that's it, right? But but did they need to? Because, like, they learned about the Lava Men before. Or was it Guardian who told them about the Lava Men? Guardian, uh, yeah. yeah I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, you could, you could substitute him with someone else, but... 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. It's not that I hated the character. It's just, like, I feel like he was the one piece of the puzzle that didn't feel like it fit quite as well. Sure, sure. Um, he was there to tell the story and then show them the elevator. And then mm. he wasn't really in the story for the rest of the issue. Right, right, like, right. Like, I, actually, do we see him at all during the conflict? We just see the Avengers and Spider-Man fighting the, no, the villains. He's no, just cause gone. Because I, I think he got the crap beaten out of him like he's got a black eye for like half the issue right so right i think he's kind of just sidelined you know oh yeah maybe so yeah i I think the last time we see him is right after they drop from the web right 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 yeah i mean it's also funny i always thought he was a i never knew much about him but i always thought he was a weird character in that He's called the guardsman, and but he's not really a superhero outside of this. But they call him O'Brien, but he's got an Irish accent. I mean, it's not like there's, right. there's no Amer- Irish Americans. Like I don't know why he has to have an Irish accent, but I thought that was kind of weird. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is nice to see Project Pegasus again, right? Because yeah. we're familiar with Project Pegasus. Mm-hmm. You, you read Project Pegasus for Quasar Chronology, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, we've yeah. we've read about Project Pegasus even for Spidercast as well, right? And I, 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 some I, of the team ups with Thing and everything. Yeah. I also love how I, I just got to quickly point out that I think if it were 2020, if they haven't already, I love how you know you don't have to make every concept into its own series. You know, I like that Project right. Pegasus is something they can just go back to once in a while. They can visit it mm-hmm. when they need to do a story there, but we don't need a mini series called Project Pegasus. We don't need a graphic novel, you know. Like just leave it as it is. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, I also want yeah, to point. It, it out, almost oh, feels ahead. like it almost. Sorry, it almost feels like. Um, it almost feels like an event that you could put together as like a trade paperback. Oh as like well, the Project Pegasus series, and then have like the multiple issues, but without having its own like special you know, 10-issue Project Pegasus comic book to wrap up the story. You know, I do have a trade, but it it does collect those issues of Marvel 2-in-1. But I know what you're saying. It's like, let's collect all the stories that have Project Pegasus. But they just, it's not one story. It's just all the different times everyone's visited there and had their own little adventures. Yeah, 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 for sure. really cool, yeah. Um, I also want to point out, I love the fact that Spidey, sorry, Peter Parker, uses his scientific prowess to help, you know, at the climax of right. the story, right? And I don't know how scientifically typically accurate this is, but it looks <laughs> accurate to me, you know, that he... Yeah, he, it was believable. I'm not yeah. sure if what they're saying is true or has any basis in reality at right. all. But it, it sounds good. At least good. it's logical. <laughs> right, right. And I love the fact that he tells... Because what he basically... He's telling Captain Marvel, who can turn herself into energy, that she's got to, like, sever these connections for this thing that's dangling at the exact same time so all these rods fall into these holes at the exact same moment but i want to Mm -hmm. point out that even though she can move at the speed of light the time it takes for spider-man to see that it's not working and then react and then talk everyone would be dead you know but that's okay i forget you know what i mean like that's fine yeah i still thought it was a really cool ending Mm mm-hmm yeah, it, see, I feel like this has happened before with Spider-Man, and I feel like it was done so much better in this issue. I can't right. remember who he was teamed up with. It was some other character that could turn himself into light energy. 
Was it the team up with uh, Quasar? The Phantom or something? Actually, maybe no. it was the team. Yeah, up the with Light Quasar. Ma- was it Lightmaster? Wasn't that it? Lightmaster, right? <laughs> yeah. I think that that was yeah. also the same thing, right? There, there was this bomb going off, and Spider Man had to help him, like deactivate it by going into the generator. I think so. To stop yeah. it or something like that. Yeah, I think this was done really well. Because they set up at the beginning that Spider-Man needs to prove himself to be able to join the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then using his knowledge and then another Avengers power to team up to get, you know, to save the day, I think is is great. And I think a, a really fantastic way to end that arc of him, like, proving himself. Right, so, right. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading these. Um, I, again, I think the first one was stronger. I don't know if that's maybe just because um, there wasn't like an, a, another character to juggle throughout the entire thing or what, but sure. I, not that, not that I disliked the, 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 the other two uh, by any means. Uh, I think I'd recommend all three of them. Right. So uh, I'd recommend them as well. And I guess that's all we got to say this week. Usually we've got a guest or two with us. Unfortunately, this week, uh, everyone is sick or at work or out of Mm -hmm. town. So you had to settle for Joshua Mervell and I. But uh, (laughs) next week, if you know, it's funny, if things go according to plan, uh, Mm -hmm. the very people who... um, helped me review Marvel team up number 113 with Quasar are going to be returning and that's Monty and Monty's father Marshall Spalchine. They will be joining us next week as we jump back to the regular monthly issues of Spidey. Uh so yeah, please be sure to join us next week and Josh you can take yeah, it from here. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, it really helps when you guys leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or you can drop us a line over at, at @hctspidercast on Twitter, and you can find us at the Comic Book Syndicate pretty much anywhere else. Um, we actually have a new handle as well on, or new, I guess, channel. I don't know what that would be called. Yeah, well, it's a, new, find us a completely new at, channel. Right. You can find us at the Here Comes the Spider Cast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Um, so we are no, we we are still part of the Comic Book Syndicate, but. Uh, Spidercast has its own channel now. So that's, that's right. Yeah. And every week um, we review a mostly chronological sampling of Spider-Man comics. We do the monthly issues and we do the guest appearances. Uh, like we said, right. next week we'll be back to the regular monthlies. And sometimes, yeah, some, I was going to say also, sometimes we also jump around and do some like special issues. Like we'll review some Spider-Man TV shows or cartoons every That's once in right. a while. Maybe, maybe one day we'll have like an episode where we'll talk about the movies and how we feel, you know, if they feel like Spider-Man or not. Like we, we really want to, you know, have some fun with the podcast. If you guys have any suggestions or anything like that, we're definitely open to ideas and we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, That's right. Absolutely. So yes, until next Monday, this has been, here comes the Spider-Cast. All right. See you then. Oh!